Hello, I'm Michael Worth, and this is the All Walks of Art podcast, a lounge-like pub-style drinking show for creatives and artists from all walks of life. Find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. The main topic of the day is continuous improvement or the pursuit of mastery, however you want to look at it. As creatives, we all know that simply learning the basics and doing is not enough. We must become lifelong students of our craft and evolve as we gain experience. Joining me in the studio for a drink and making his boisterous return to the land of the huntsman, the transporter of whiskey, the juggernaut of the backbeat, my good friend Paul Ramey. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm, I'm a little bit tongue-tied, I think, are today. You? Yeah. I hadn't noticed. Yeah. You cut it all out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take 25. Oh, well. That'd be all right. I don't know. People, so, you people know what? get tongue-tied in real life, man. That's they part do. of life. I don't see they why... Do. I don't see why things got to be perfect. Well, yeah, exactly. We'll get to that, too. All but right. speaking of continuous improvement, yes. what are we drinking today? Knob. I like the how it sounds. <laughs> Knob Creek. <laughs> Want some of this Knob Creek? Knob that's Creek, yeah. That's, For everybody listening. It's I've never had it. Kentucky straight bourbon, uh, aged nine years. And they took the age uh, statement off of most of the bottles from 2016. I think it came off in 2016. It what? came back in 2020 because uh, they were using whiskey that wasn't nine years so they couldn't have the age statement on there but this is uh 50 alcohol by volume or 100 proof however you want to look at it the same thing is it good it is good i wanted to i wanted to mention it because uh knob creek is an improvement in my opinion on regular jim beam white label and uh you know if you get the rye it'd be different than the green label too so i got the black thing what's that uh yours is is the regular it's not rye it's it's standard Mm. Uh, typical bourbon, but uh, pretty good stuff. I can't tell the difference all this. I, I know. Should I take a drink of this? See what it's like? Yeah, go ahead. It smells we'll, really good. We'll talk more about it in a minute. While he's doing that, without further delay, let's get into it. I want to get started with, you know, in the world of manufacturing, you know, which we're both familiar with. Uh, six, yeah, Six Sigma is the methodology of continuous improvement. And I'm not suggesting that artists and creatives go to that extreme. Is then it, I mean, we could steal some of the ideas from the methodology, but to really break it down like a, like a product, a manufacturing product and going through it, it, I think to some degree you lose a little bit of it, but I want to, I got a quote here from Bill Gates. I want to read as a rule of thumb, a lousy process will consume 10 times as many hours as the work itself requires. That's, uh, that's true. That's probably true. Yeah. So if you, I want to start this with if you have a, a lousy process with your painting or your music or you're, you're just you're just not doing the right things, you're probably not doing yourself any favors, right? And I'm all over the place on this episode. I'm trying to redo the format, trying to do some things, trying to continuously improve myself. Damn it. Damn it, Jim. I'm, I'm a, I'm a doctor, not a pool man. <laughs> I'm a painter, not a computer expert. I'm missing all my cues, too. I'm, I'm reading right through them, and it's like, you know, format. Why do we need a fucking format? Well, look, this is like, what what is the second episode of the year? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, episode 56 for us, so, so by now we should figure this out. Eh, but, but things you change. Know. You try, when you, here's the thing. <laughs> when you try, when you try to improve and you try to do, and it, do um, things that's out of the norm of how you have been doing them, but, but you're like, how can you get better? You're going to have hiccups, and mm-hmm. what is it they say that, that when you, when you do that, the, the water's lower and you find other other things that, that you didn't know were a problem that 
have been a problem the whole time, but exactly. it's been obscured by the, the big thing you're working exactly. on. So, I mean, of course you're going to, yeah, number 56, second one of the year. This is, uh, of course there's going to be hiccups. Oh yeah. 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 And, and the thing is, and I want to bring this into the, the discussion too, and this is a good time to do it as a creative, you kind of have to benchmark yourself. You know, you look at what you just produced and start thinking, can I do better the next time? What, what things can I measure to see what I can do better the next time? And that's, I mean, we're, we're really. But how do you do that as an artist and as a creative? I just don't think, I, how do you, as an artist, as a musician, how do you improve on Stairway to Heaven? What's, what's the Zeppelin supposed to do? How do you go in the studio? And, and does that mean what, what, what's on the um, Fool in the Rain? That's on the album after mm-hmm. that, I think, ain't mm-hmm. it? I mean, it's a pretty cool song, but it's not Stairway to Heaven. They're never going to improve on that. Uh, All of My Love, I like that song. A lot of Zeppelin, um, I don't know why Zeppelin's on my mind today, but a lot of Zeppelin lovers, they, they don't love that song. It sure as hell did not improve upon uh, Stairway to Heaven. That set the benchmark. Right. I mean, it's one of the greatest, love it or hate it, you have to acknowledge it is one of the greatest um, iconic hard rock songs that were ever made. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. That wasn't on their last album that they, you know, Queen clearly did not hit the pinnacle later on. Right. I mean, it's subjective. Some people probably like stuff off of uh, what come after that, Presto and some of these other, or Presto, you I can't me. remember. Yeah, but I'm anyway, a, um, the point is those songs are iconic. Uh, Black Sabbath, the, a lot of those iconic songs on the first album. Now, there's a lot of stuff I like later on, but they I think by that measurement, they clearly did not improve upon what they did. I don't think you can, I, I, I mean, I don't mean to be a naysayer as no, I this often is, am, but this is the point. I don't think show. you can, I don't think you can, you can quantify the Six Sigma stuff and continuous improvement into our arenas of, of um, our endeavors or what we've, what we've right, done. Right. I mean, I don't know what the cat uh, painted after the Mona Lisa, but that's what he's known for. <laughs> I mean, did his was his work better? It probably was. Maybe it was technically, yeah, but yeah. I, I think a lot of times our processes, 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 the processes that we do, though flawed, if it works for you and helps you create, yeah, if you can streamline some things, but I think by and large, you work the way you work, and an artist grows into the way he works and whether it's efficient or it's not efficient i think that's the way you create i think if you look into it too hard and you get paralysis by analysis right right and and there's there's a phrase i come up with i'm gonna see if i can find it in my notes here you came uh, up with it or yeah you i came did. onto it i did i i came up with it it was something that i thought was kind of poignant i i hope i can find it there is I, no try there is do and do not um it's actually in our last call so you have to listen for oh, last call oh, okay. before you, you know, get into that one. But it, it, it does kind of go along with your analysis paralysis type discussion. I don't wanna I don't wanna get to last call yet. And it's kind of giving you all an incentive to stick around and listen a little bit. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't you shouldn't try to be efficient. You should always strive for efficiency. But it, but if yeah, an artist yeah. has to drive drive over the countryside for an hour before they get in the mood to, to paint or before they they get in the mood to pull over and take some pictures and that's what works for them and they get a good picture are they really going if they figure out a way to do that same thing in a half hour are they really going to make better art are they going to be more prolific are they going to use that extra half hour is it right. is it going to i don't right. know i mean i'm glad you brought this up cuz i wasn't given that much thought i was being very analytical with how i 
run my studio, a lot of it is, you know, how can I create a space that gets the gear out of the way? I know we talk about gear a lot, but I always, always think, okay, can, how can I, how can I do this where I can just sit down and do what I'm going to do? You know, that's the efficiency side yeah. of it. And that's what I like too. I like my, I like my studio to be ready to go. All I got to do is yeah. turn the computer on. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I got basses. I got guitars right. all within arm's reach. But if it's out of order though, I got to ask you if it's out of order and things are messy, does it affect you? If I got to start moving things to get to what I'm doing, yeah, I've lost the right. vibe. I'm right. very vibe oriented. I've said that um, on every podcast. I'm me. And I think a lot of other creatives are very vibe oriented. You're very, when it, when the muse hits and you're ready right. to go, right. the slightest little thing can just steamroll you. But at the same time, my process isn't quite like this, but yours was for a minute. And think about this. So usually you had all your things and they were put up. That doesn't work for me. I don't want to have to get anything out when I'm ready to create. Mm -hmm. But if an artist, if, if an artist, part of their process is they, they get their brushes out and they start lining them up. Mm -hmm. Everything's not ready. This gets them, that artist, into the mood. It's not efficient. It it helps to right, it helps to right. get their mind in a certain place. I it, I mean photographers and different. I've seen other people just the way they meticulously they have everything all lined out in their bags. They they get this stuff out, and I think that kind of helps them get in the artist mode sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, for me, that don't work for me, and that might not work for you. But I don't think efficiency is going to help that person. That's part of that's them you know, drawing their sword, cleaning their gun, mm -hmm. you know, getting their mind ready, whatever it is, sharpening their, their, um, sharpening their the little things in their, in yeah, their brain, yeah, yeah. getting their skills ready. It's, mm -hmm. it's ritualistic. And we yeah. as a, a human being, as a tribe, we are very ritualistic, right, right? good and bad. So I think you have to be very, very, very careful not to, not to, um, grind the, the soul out of your process to where True. To yes. where you're not yeah. not comfortable. Yeah, I definitely don't want to in, inflict any of this ideology on folks where you have to be splitting hairs, you right. know, and and really get in there and say you got to kind of kind of screw with your routine, you know. But but maybe somebody out there is hearing this and thinking, you know, maybe that is one one thing that has set me back because I'm ready to create and then I had to go. Um, we, we talked. Um, one of our guests had, had mentioned that. Um, shoot, I can't remember. It was, it was a few episodes back, but it was like they had their workspace and mm -hmm. they knew that all their, all their drawing stuff, all their creative stuff is right there. They don't have to go look for it. And I think that's part of it. There's, there's artists out there right now that that's getting in their way. And by the time they get everything set up, right. they're out of the mood. And they can't, they, maybe they don't realize that's what's holding them back. So for those following along and who want to understand maybe what Six Sigma is all about, this, this particular concept of having everything in its place is what's called 5S. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details on that because it, it really gets pretty deep. Um, but it has to do with everything has its place. Everything goes back in its place. Everything is kept very neat. You want Visual to management. Or yeah. you can look at it, you know, you got shadow boards. And yeah. uh, in other words, if something's missing, there's a visual indicator there to tell you what was supposed to go exactly. there. Exactly. Exactly. So when you're getting ready to when you're getting ready to go and you're sitting down and you got everything all ready, you don't realize you're missing one of the crucial. You're missing a knife or a, right. a brush or a certain right. collar that you were planning on having. That's a good. You know, those are good things. Those are things that take you out of the moment. I yeah. want anything that takes you out of the moment to be gone. 
but yeah. but sometimes part of this process is still some of this waste, wasted movement, right. wasted, um, right, right, wasted, um, um, and that's the lean part. Process. The yeah. lean part of Six Sigma is getting rid of waste, right? And, and sometimes you can do that, that as an artist. It. Yeah, you can absolutely do that as an artist if you're uh, as a painter. I'll, I'll put it in this 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 analogy here. Let's say let's say you want to get better at painting with oil painting. I want to get really niche down here and say, you know, I mean, most painters, they, they work in different mediums all the time, but let's say you want to get better at oil painting and you're struggling. All right. Why are you struggling? Do you have 13 colors that you use? And if that's the case, can you narrow it down to six, get really good at six, maybe start painting in black and white, just use black and white and be done with it for a while. And then start to introduce uh, maybe yellow ochre or cadmium red or even a, 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 a different type of red. You know, find something that works for you. Um, my point here with the continuous improvement, though, that I really want to get into is uh, if, if we stop at the basics that we've learned, you know, go back to when you picked up a bass guitar for the first time and you learned what you needed to learn to play a song. If you stop there, and you didn't continuously improve, would that make you stagnant? Would that give you a plateau? Would it, would it, would it stop you from creating more? You know, that's the question. I don't, I don't think it's easy to answer that, really, and I'm not really asking you that question. Right. But it's, it's one of the things where I think we just kind of need to build off our past experience and in the pursuit of mastery, continually go after the things that are, we're not great at and I guess to quantify this a little bit, I read, I, I just purchased a book and um, it's called Atomic Habits. I can't remember who wrote it off the top of my head. Now, like I said, I just, per- I mean, like literally in the research, I started putting this together. But he talked about doing 1% every day, just, just one, 1% more, you know, just tiny little mm-hmm. bits. You know, you're not trying to, you're not trying to build the Sistine Chapel tomorrow. You're trying to, you know, just, Little steps. Maybe the first day is get your colors together, and the second day is getting the outline of some things you want to do. Maybe do some studies or whatever, and you improve as you go. And over a course of a year, you'll be thirty-seven percent better than you were when you started. Hmm. Conversely, if you're one percent worse one day, you'll never hit zero. You'll never get worse than you already are, really. Not by more than one percent, right? So every little tiny step you take is going to improve what you do. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I think the small steps, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, if you're a painter that you need to go learn how to paint portraits if you do landscapes. I'm not saying you have to just jump ship and do that. I'm saying that if there's something you want to get better at, try 1% every day. You know, just do a little bit more mm-hmm. every day, tiny steps. So, I mean, there's value there. I think. I don't know. We'll get into tips in a second. But just the tip. Yeah, just the tip. Just a little. Ah. <laughs> I mean, you don't need a degree, right? You just don't. I I I'm probably gonna take a little bit of heat for this one, but I really don't think anybody needs to go to a university and get a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree to be a painter. You just don't. I don't think you need to go to Berkeley College of Music to be a good musician. No, you know, I mean, it, Stu Ham did right, and he got the you know where he couldn't get a gig with Weird Al Yankovic. He got, right. got passed over. Right, I mean the 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 benefit Cobain of, didn't have a degree <laughs> by any stretch of the exactly. imagination. Exactly, 
the benefit of a degree might be structure for some people. Uh, critique. Maybe they got good critique out of it. You know, they, they've learned something. You know, their 1% became easier because somebody was force-feeding the 1% each, each semester. And I imagine you get exposed to things that you wouldn't necessarily get exposed to. Oh, yeah, yeah. On your own. Yeah. I think, I think I'm not the, saying it's bad either. Right. I mean, you know, it's neither good or bad at this point. But you definitely don't, you don't have to, you don't have to take that route to be successful. You just don't. Right, right. I want to, I want to revisit though what you were saying. Okay. With Led Zeppelin. Can they improve on a song? And I think. And Plant's tried for a lot of years with his other yeah. bands and stuff. And he just yeah. hasn't, he hasn't really done it. I don't think. I mean, he's made them different and they've been cool. But to me, it's. He hasn't improved. He hasn't There's improved. music in the background, folks. Hopefully I won't get a... I'm sure it didn't pick it up, but it's, you know... But, love, it. love isn't always on time. But, it's what it says. Yeah, that's funny. It isn't. It's usually late. Yeah. But but I don't think... I mean, you see this with a lot of bands, and I remember seeing uh, The Police, and I love Roxanne, and I've seen Sting play that song and have all these orchestras and all this stuff, and didn't really improve on it. It was cool. It was different. But yeah. when I saw them live, it was just three guys and a keyboard player that was hidden. And it was a lot better. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just preferred yeah. it. I preferred it the way it was. So. It's interesting, but I think at the level of creating a song or an album, that's what you're improving on. That's, that's your moment of improvement. Once it's done, you can't improve that particular piece. You, right. can, you can look back on it. I guess maybe that's where you were getting what I'm saying. You can look back on the album and say, I got to do better than the last album or the last song. And, and that, honestly, in the music world, that's where a lot of uh, musicians just completely lose their minds. They just well, they can't do it again. Look at know? a band like Judas Priest. So you got, I'm terrible with the, um, with the chronological order, but I can't remember what their, I think it was Defenders of the Faith was the it's, album. It's because you're stuck on Tim. Yes. You know, yeah. you're just, those, are the only, those are the only two albums that matter. Oh, yeah, Jugulator and Demolition. <laughs> no, awesome. But They're all good, really. The live album's my favorite live album of yeah. all time. But anyway, I digress. No, uh, I think it was, um, you know, they were they started out as a band that was a very you look, hippie kind of yeah. 70s psychedelic kind of band. Right. And you listen to some of the real, real, real early stuff, like right after Rob joined and some of the stuff before. Yeah. And then you listen to Diamonds and Rose. Some of the, yeah. yeah, some of the other albums yeah. as they go. And then I think it was Defenders of the Faith. I can't remember what's on that. And they were still just kind of like a hard rock band. But then Painkiller come out. Right. And both of those guitar players had hit the woodshed, man, and now they're doing sweet picking and they're doing all oh, this yeah. ultra technical stuff. And before they were very blues based. They were a blues based band that predated the term heavy metal just like Deep Purple right. or um, I know Zeppelin gets thrown in that category or um, Sabbath or something like that mm -hmm. but, but there you go they they evolved and those two especially those two guitar players they they had gotten better they had well, technically better anyway you know I right. guess better subjective but right. um, they had definitely improved on their technique and adopted this kind of this new style some of this neoclassical um, kind of stuff that some of these other bands were doing, and and it took their music to the next level. And made, whether it made them better or not, I guess that's subjective as well. But it certainly made them different, and they had big success with with Painkiller, which right. you know. But right. it sounds like two different bands, really. When you listen to those two things back to back, it's 
even with Halford and his vocals, I mean, it just went, it went to an, to another level. He had done yeah. high stuff before, but there had to be practice in there. That's, that's the thing. They had, they worked, had to really work. And it had to it. be conscious. It had to be yeah. a conscious effort to, Hey, let's try to push, let's push the boundaries yeah. of what we are capable to do. And, and that they did was it. their continuous improvement Yeah, right there. I mean, that's as, as a creator, that's, that's your goals. You look back and say, where do I want to be? And, uh, Let's get into tips on that. That's a good segue to tips. Um, I've got da, 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 tips. I've got eight. Uh, I was going to pick ten, but I'm, I'm kind of leaving. Ten's a lot. It is. Uh, I got eight. Kind of giving you some room for two if you want to throw a couple right. of them in there. Um, first, first off, identify what you want to improve on. You know, kind of why and and what it is you want to improve. Mm-hmm. So if it, if it's your ability to play and sing, if it's your ability to paint a different style or uh, subject a different matter. medium yeah a different medium all that kind of stuff you know identify what you want to do first um you, don't try to improve everything at once you know mm-hmm. uh, like in my case podcasting painting youtube twitch you know it, it's too much to try to improve everything across the board right that i call worth studios and just you know it, it I, I won't be able to focus i won't be able to do it so identify that one thing you want to improve on in small steps. All right. Number two, set some standards for what is acceptable and wipe what might be considered uh, benchmark material. Uh, look at your best, like in, as far as a painter goes, look at your best paintings. Are those your benchmarks? You know, can you make your other work fit that, you know, and get better at it? You know, take a step further. Benchmarking is a little bit difficult for artists because we are showing some expression with what we do. And sometimes things just come out of us. That's totally different, but find ways you can determine, I guess, some different things. Number three, organize your work area and simplify your tools and materials. That goes back with the five S we were talking about earlier. I don't want to spend too much time on each of these. We can, we can discuss them in detail if you want to email me or something like that, but find people you respect and are qualified to critique your work. Um, basically kind of look at them and, and you know, you don't actually have to know these people. Right. You, you can you can learn from books, you can learn from other artists, but if you want to get critique, you're going to have to be willing to put up with some things that you may not want to hear. Uh, but but definitely find qualified people for that. Don't ask your 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 cousin, <laughs> your mother or whatever, who's not a painter or a musician or things like that. Don't don't really get too involved, involved in, in letting I'm not speaking very good today, but. Don't get too involved with uh, taking advice from people who, who may not be giving good advice. That makes any sense. That does. I'm not saying don't listen to other people either, because sometimes people's opinions great. It's good to hear. But just, well, I just think be careful what you take. It, I think it's just important to get it from somebody that's unbiased is the it, thing. And, right. and, you know, somebody close to you, sometimes they're too close to it to, to give you an honest yeah. opinion. My mom likes yeah. everything I do. And right. It's right. terrible. <laughs> uh, spend some time researching, practicing, and improving so that you can raise your standards. You know, get, get some books, you know, watch some videos, listen to some podcasts from people you, you admire. Uh, number six, for self-improvements, make small improvements every day rather than trying to leap from I don't know what I'm doing to I'm going to be an expert tomorrow. Yeah, that's, you know, that's unrealistic. You know, right. take, your, take your steps and, and kind of go and do what you do. Number seven, do more of what you're good at rather than learning something new. This is kind of hard because as I'm talking about continuous improvement, I'm saying 
go out and do something. But the thing is with continuous improvement, that means you've already done something. So you've got something in the bag, so to speak, that you can build upon. So, you know, try to, try to, try to do that. Try to find what you're already good at and really get better at that. That's what's going to make you a master. If, if you're not good at making pizza, but you're really good at making cheeseburgers, focus on the cheeseburger. Right. You know, have fun with the pizza. Go do that later. Get to the level that you want to be. I'm not saying that you can't. I got to make this very clear too, because as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking to myself, there's somebody out there listening right now going, but I want to do pizza. I, I get it. But this, this is about continuous improvement. This is where you need to focus. And that's the whole idea. You got to focus on that one thing and try to get better at it. And this next one kind of goes hand in hand with seven, but um, it's really important to say, and this, the way I word it is a little bit conflicting, polarizing maybe. But mitigate your failures, improve by failing less. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good one, I think. Yeah, I think we've, we've all heard the, the term failure is the first attempt in learning. And it is. When you and fail, also you, you learn. you learn more from your mistakes than you do it, your successes exactly, than you do. Exactly. But I'm saying mitigate your failures. I'm not saying try to be always perfect. The, the analogy that I heard from the author of Atomic Habits um, on his, during my research, I don't know if it's in the book or not yet, but, um, he, he basically says, if you're, if you want to exercise, if that's, if that's one of your things that you're trying to improve on is your exercise, then stop missing workouts. So a, a failure is missing your workouts, right? So don't miss workouts. You know, if you want to eat healthier, stop eating junk food. Your failure of, of eating better is eating junk food. So right. it works the same way in art. If if your failure is every time I pick up a paintbrush to do an oil painting, I'm terrible at this. But maybe you're a really good watercolorist. Paint more watercolors. Nobody said you had to be an expert oil painter to be famous or known or an artist. You're the artist. Do what you do best. That's kind of the idea there. Do you have anything to add on those? I think, uh, yeah, I got two things to add, actually. Oh, perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's one, like we planned it, one, but we didn't. One is. <laughs> Yes, you know, don't be afraid to fail. Kind of yeah. goes along with this last thing we're saying. And and going along with that, it should scare, when you're trying new things, it should scare you a little bit. That's good. That's mm-hmm. it's, it's scary to put yourself out there. You're trying to sing something different. You're trying to play something different. You're trying to do something that you don't feel is to your level. That's good. If that means that you are, you are progressing. Mm-hmm. Do things that scare you. And the other thing, kind of, you know, going along with, with uh, getting advice and, and critique, honest critique is a good thing. And, um, but you also, you have to look at, you have to be able to look at yourself from the outside and you have to be able to digest that and, and not know, not, you have to be able to hear it, whether it's positive or whether it's negative and not take it to heart. You have to be able to think, how can I apply what they told me to what I'm doing? Yes. And you also have to know to ignore it oftentimes, um, and you have to know what to ignore, and that's what's hard. I mean, people said that Lane Staley had a terrible voice, and he would never make it as a singer. Um, even when they heard the early Alice in Chains demos, record labels passed on, on him. He's got one of the most iconic voices of the last right, century. Right, right. I mean, without a doubt. Uh, if somebody told him he sucked and he needed to change the way he was doing it, 
um, where would you know? We wouldn't even know that band <laughs> right, is right. is the thing. Jimi Hendrix hated the sound of his voice. He hated him his voice as a singer. He always wanted it buried in the mix. Um, I mean, I don't automatically think of Jimi Hendrix as a singer, but I don't think of him as a bad singer or you know the stuff that he did is but it's part just, of yeah, it's his style. It's, it's what it's what made the Hendrix yeah. music Hendrix. So I I don't you have to not be so hard on yourself. And you have to be able to listen to somebody's um, opinion and, and what they say, especially if it's somebody you respect or somebody that's right. doing something that you like and think, well, how can I apply that? Maybe I disagree with it. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I don't. But at the end of the day, you should be able to apply some of that to make what you do better. But ultimately, it's on you. If you really believe in what you're doing and how you're doing it and you think it's the right way to do it, don't, don't change just because somebody else thinks that you should or or. They don't like what you're doing. Maybe they don't get it. A lot of people don't get a lot of right, things right. Uh, that are ahead of their time. So that's all good. That's all good. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> this is why I have Paul here. You know, he's he's actually full of shit. <laughs> well, and that's like us, man. We're not afraid to. <laughs> not really we, I'm not very. <laughs> no, but the truth is, is, and I think that's what's nice about about this show and, and yeah. about us is we are very similar. We got a lot of very similar yeah. tastes. We like a lot of the same music. We right. we uh, look at the world the same way and a lot of things. But we also have very different experiences and see things very different sometimes right. too. And right. it doesn't mean that uh, one of us is wrong. Of course, you normally are. Um, <laughs> but it means that's why you're here. It means there's different <laughs> there's different perspectives and there's different ways to to skin a cat. Right. Of course, all those ways prefer that cat is dead for his start skin. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Uh, not that you should be skinning cats. No, um, metaphorically. Yeah, metaphorically. Schrodinger's cat. It's dead either way. <laughs> oh, wow. Man, my mind's working good today. It, it is working good. I, I had a monster before we did this. I didn't drink coffee today, so I'm, I'm a little bit uh, off. A li- yeah, and, you look and, good, though. Thank you. I appreciate that. You need a haircut. And, <laughs> I know. And I... Uh, you know, for the continuous improvement of the show, I'm trying to do a different format, uh, but still remain close to what we were doing before and, and all these things. So it's kind of got me a little bit twisted today, I will say. And but, when you change stuff, there's going to be a hiccup. You oh, are yeah. changing it. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of people fail to improve because of that. It's like, oh, wow, I switched this, I switched this out. This didn't work. And that, now I'm uncomfortable and now I'm this and that. It's fine. Yeah, it's exactly. Fine. Ain't nobody did. did this ain't communist Germany. It, right, Nobody's going right. to jump out and kill you because you said the wrong word or you changed <laughs> something. You got out, out of the wrong, you know, you did the wrong order or right, you, right, right. you grabbed a, you grabbed a wide brush when you should have used right. a little brush. That's how you wanted to see, exactly. you wanted to see if that, exactly. how that was going to look, man. All right. So we have reached the part of the show that I like to call last call. It's the segment. It's actually part two. What happened to rapid fire? We, we're not doing rapid well, fire. Well, I can read it the way you want me to read it. I mean, it's what it's on here. It says, we have reached the show. They say, blah, 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 rapid fire. That, okay. that sort of thing we always do. You know? oh, okay, I got but, you. you know, I'm just kind of, I'm throwing it out there. But that basically, it's to give everybody listening time to finish their drink or grab another like I did just secretly. Or have the rest quietly. of mine. You have because we don't want that to go to waste. <laughs> this is age nine years. So yes, you need it, to pour it, that it in. Has, I, know, I know, I know. All right. So, but. To do these, I want to kind of keep it a little bit relatable. So instead of having silly questions like, what do you want on your pizza? I thought, well, how can we relate it to part one? So this is part two, last call. So you do have a little bit more time than what we have in the past. 
So keep that in mind if you're listening and you're a regular. Number one, what is the most important bit of continuous improvement you have done as a musician? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> I think... I don't improve. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't a whole lot. I mean, you get to a yes, certain... Yes, you have. But, but <laughs> you get to a certain level, and I, I like, I know... Like it's, a lot, lot of guys, like I'm a big, yeah. but, but like I'm a big Billy Sheehan fan and, and, uh, you know, I loved Cliff Burton and I'm just not, I'm not that fast. I don't do those kind of runs. I don't have the technical aspect of that. And maybe if I really tried hard, I could get closer to that, but I get to a certain, I can do pretty much everything I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't really, as far as from a technical aspect, I haven't improved a whole lot, but I have improved to where I'm not afraid to try as many different styles. I think that's mm-hmm. been a big improvement. I've mm-hmm. incorporated, um, I incorporate a lot of R&B and stuff into my Southern rock. I incorporate mm-hmm. a lot of um, uh, classic rock into my metal. So I, I think that's the, the biggest thing is, is that I have um, absorbed a lot of other things that I'm not afraid to regurgitate onto the page or, or into the bass or the guitar. I think that's the biggest biggest continuous improvement, and 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 using odd instruments and different things to try to broaden my yeah my musical palette. Yeah. I think that's that's where I've improved a lot. That's pretty cool. I think for me, getting books, um, getting books on classical realism, um, the Charles Bark book was big for me. It's it's a it's a methodology it's used in all the ateliers on on training hmm. how to how to see. Uh, and, and proper proportions and things like that. So it's, for me, it's just taking that moment to say, okay, I'm going to practice. Not everything I paint has to be for sale. Sometimes it just needs to go into a study book or a sheet of paper, or even now that I've got the iPad, I draw on it quite a bit. Actually, I've spent many, many hours just in the last week uh, drawing on the iPad using the uh, Procreate app. Number two. Procreate. Yeah, Procreate. <laughs> cool. Uh, number two, a lot of creators have mentors and people they look up to when it comes to identifying what mastery is. Who do you look at as a mentor? Oh, wow. That's uh, obviously, you know, Cliff Burton. That was a big, that was a big in, influence, big impact on me. Um, that's why I'm a bass player. I mean, I didn't start playing bass because of him, but that's why I stuck with it once I saw that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was doing things that were very interesting and different at the time. And, and he was dead before I ever discovered him. So, I mean, that was oh, wow. kind of, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of the early Metallica records was a big, big, um, big influence. And, and I would say a mentor and uh, a lot of local players in, in town locally has been a mentor to me. Um, just different people that a lot of the old guys here, whether they were bassists or just or guitar players or what have you, they they were always quick to to show you things or or you could watch them and and see Dave Quillen is is the uh, one that just jumps right. out to mind. Yeah. Um, he and it's not for a like local band called Epitaph back when, yeah back way, in the eighties way back and then Rock Solid some cover bands yeah. and stuff and and here was a guy that if you go and see his bar band play and you were standing there and. And he knew that you were kind of watching what he was doing. He didn't try to hide nothing. And, and he was real giving them on yeah. them, saying, hey, this is what I was doing here. That, that kind of stuff's really, it, you cannot 
minimize the impact that that has on young artists, musicians, painters, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, just a guy. It's not a formal thing. It's just saying, hey, man, hey, this is what I did here. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, this is cool. This is how I pulled that lick off. Even if you don't go home and you're not able to do it, man, that sticks with you. And it's, it's a, it's a validate. It validates you as a, as a human being, first yeah. and foremost. Hey, you know, I'm a person. This guy's a person. This is somebody that his skill level is way above mine. And he took a second to show me this and that. And I think we forget that as uh, artists, we are all teachers. We are all teachers, whether we want to be or not, just like being a parent. Yeah. Your kid's always watching you. Yeah, absolutely. And other artists are always watching you regardless of what you're doing. Absolutely. For me, there's quite a few. uh, And I, admittedly, I've had time to think about it and all that too. So, I mean, I've got quite a few in here, but I got to mention a few. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, I love his storytelling. I love just the way he portrayed what life as a chef was about. So I was kind of, yeah, I, the books and things just really kind of get me. Uh, Chase Jarvis, uh, Joe McNally, both great photographers. Alan Alda, I know it's kind of a right. oddball for the the kind of people like as an artist you would think of. Uh, as far as I know, I don't think he paints, but fantastic communicator. He's got a, a science research center for communication. Um, big, big on that. So his books have been great for me. I knew he had some books, but I didn't realize. Yeah, uh, really, really kind of cool stuff. Hmm. Um, Todd Casey, Todd M. Casey, the, the painter. He's a fantastic uh, painter. Uh, Stan Prokopinko, he's a, an artist who does a lot of YouTube stuff. I mean, if you get on YouTube and just type Proko, you're going to find him. Uh, Cesar Santos, another great painter. Mm-hmm. But uh, all, all these people, I, th- I think I would say probably Chase is the only, Chase Jarvis is probably the only one that knows that I really look up to what he does. Uh, other, everybody else wouldn't have a clue who I am. But uh, I, I, I learn a lot from those folks. Uh, Chase, uh, or Joe's book, The Moment It Clicks, is a really good book. Uh, Chase Jarvis's book, Creative Calling, is good for any creative. I mean, if you haven't picked up that book, it's, uh, it's an outstanding book uh, that you can read over and over again, literally, and then pull something out. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, when I need to get out of my own head and uh, basically get my ass back to work, Creative Calling mm. is kind of one of those books. Um, I guess, um, honestly, I, I, this would be a good place to say it. Books in general, for me, are my way of escaping. You know, just kind of, again, getting out of my own head. If there's things in my way that are preventing me from getting better, a lot of times just picking up a book might spark something. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the idea with the podcast. Right. I'm hoping folks listening, if you're listening and you do get some out of this, let me know. I'd, I'd really like to know. But um, the idea is just to kind of get into somebody else's head and make them think for themselves and go, oh, yeah, I can do this. And if, if, if that's the only thing I accomplish with this podcast, then that's, to me, that's really good. Uh, number three, how much effort do you or should you, and I don't like the word should, but I'm going to use it anyway, <laughs> uh, put into continuous improvement or growing as an artist? I think you should put a, as much effort as you think you should. If if you don't feel your, if you don't, have you ever thought about running for Congress? If, if you don't, I think everybody, everybody out there, myself included, and you, if you don't feel that you're putting putting forth enough effort to get a little bit better, then you you know it. You know you're not yeah. pushing yourself. Yeah. At the same time, you can't get so obsessive compulsive about it that, like you mentioned before, you cannot um, 
let what you're good at suffer because you're trying to do this other thing too. Um, like it don't take much. You should be constantly trying to to look. I still buy music magazines and and um, music books and try to learn some different stuff and different techniques. And I mean, I've been playing forty years or whatever. And, yeah. Um, I I think that's the same for if if you just. I, I think in every person knows, you know, deep down if, man, I just, I'm not pushing myself. I'm not, yeah. I've, I've painted the same, the same beach scene 10 fucking times. Right. You know, and, right. and it's a great scene and I like it, but I'm not pushing myself to, maybe I should put a ship out there, man. I'm not good with, I'm not good with, with <laughs> I, straight I don't know lines. anything about ships. Yeah, right. exactly. Rigging, you know, right. Learn, Try it. Learn. Look at a picture. Take out 1% every day and learn how they right. do it's, it, you know. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It does not have to be. Well, I guess you you danced around a little bit. How much effort do you put into it? I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna hone in on you. Not enough. Not yeah. enough. I don't think. Is, I, is this episode making you think maybe you should try? Actually, yeah, yeah. Good maybe deal. I should get. Good I've been kind of thinking about it for a while. I haven't. I'm not. I'm not trying to to get better enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, we're all growing together. That's the whole point here. I, I'm not a guru, so anybody listening who might think. Oh, he's he's done this. He's done this. No, I'm I'm learning just like everybody else. You could get the hat of a guru. That'd right. be cool, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. So uh, for me, the the quick and dirty answer is not enough. I don't yeah. I don't spend nearly enough. But as as promised before, um, I wanted to do this quote, and uh, it's important because you know, for me personally, I don't want to paralyze myself and get bogged down with practicing and learning. I want to create you right. know, the whole idea, but. The the quote that I came up with for myself is practice makes perfect is in conflict with done is better than perfect. And they really are. Yeah. You know, we all know that done is better than perfect, but at the expense of crap, you know, eventually you don't want to put out crap anymore. You want to get better. So practice does make perfect. And that's where the practice comes into play so that when done is better than perfect, the stuff you got done is practiced work. Practice, that sense? practice, <laughs> practice will make you and your process perfect, but it will never make your art perfect. Exactly. You'll never be perfect. That's the whole idea with continuous improvement. It's probably a good Songs good and paintings are never finished, only abandoned. Right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you got to get out there and, and produce work and let people see it so that you can get that feedback. You can find out if people like it and uh, if, if you're happy with it. And, I think generally speaking, most of us who are artists of all types, all walks of life, we're never, we're never really quite happy with the end result. Mm-hmm. We always think we could do better. I, I, I do. I always look at something and go, geez, if I did, if I just tried a little harder with those proportions or those colors, or maybe not been in such a hurry to get it done, it would have looked better. You know, and I, that's I the thing, know. but you'll have 10 people come over and stand and just be amazed. Well, man, that's awesome. Look how great right, that is. How, right. Absolutely. I wish I could do that. You can't, like I said, you can't take the lows too hard and you can't take the highs too right. too high either. Right. I, I don't know. There's, there's quite a bit in this episode that um, got me thinking about my processes and, and things. We're going to be moving sometime, most likely this year, where every house I find, I just, I'm not into it. Um, I have a bad back, so I won't be helping you move, but I will help drive the U-Haul, <laughs> just so you know. That's perfect. Uh, I just, I, you know, I look at like my studio, some of the things that, that I want to improve on is just, I'd like to have a little bit bigger space. Mm-hmm. 
so we got more room. Poor, poor Paul. He's he's cramped up over here in, in a tight little space, and I'm. But I'm comfortable. You know, it's weird though. It's like it's. I've um, got Mission Central right here in front of me. You know, I, I, it works though. It does. It does. I mean, you know, is more space really gonna gonna help you? It, is it gonna make the pod? Is it gonna make the end result better? Is it gonna make your paintings look better? Is it gonna make the podcast better? No. No, but the content that I create to show what I'm doing would be better because I just have. I don't want to get into it, but I have this, this space just really isn't conducive for filming and, and sharing. So my goal, so, and, and it's the thing but, with continuous that's, improvement. That's, a, that's another, that's another thing that you're, that you want to yes, do. Yes. So that's, but the stuff that you're doing now, it's really not going to make a difference. No, no, not really. Not really. No. Um, I'd like to be able to do larger paintings, but I really don't have the, uh, market and the client base mm-hmm. to, to go with that. Like the, the painting over here over my right shoulder. It's huge. Yeah, it's it's 24 by 36, which is about twice as big as anything I would normally do, uh, is a price that's kind of out of out of the realm of most of my collectors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I don't really need more space. I want more space so I can do it. But uh, but that's fine, too, know. as long as you recognize that. That's, that's Yeah, the yeah thing. absolutely. I, I would like to be able to film a lot more. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be able to do... Uh, some more YouTube videos on how to, how to share what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and even to which I'd like to just have multiple camera angles that I can, you know, let people see the space. Cause I, I think we all aspire. We all want to do something different. And I remember when I first started looking at YouTube and, and things about different artist spaces, I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's really cool. I want to do that. And how do they do their lighting? How do they, mm-hmm. what are these table? Why, why are they using a table there? And why is this guy in a barn? You know, <laughs> different. Right different things like that. But, uh, I don't know. There's, there's a lot here to digest. I know I've, I've put, I've crammed a lot of information into one show. Uh, in fact, I probably spent way too much time planning for this show. Uh, whereas a lot of times we wing it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. We, we put things together. I usually have a couple topics and we just talk, we, we riff off each other and we learn and that's kind of how it goes. And, uh, I'm, being really careful to watch my time on this show. So part of the part of the continuous improvement on the podcast is really just putting things together and making it so it's a little more entertaining, a lot easier to digest, and maybe giving you some more value as a listener. Uh, People's got limited time too, and yeah, I, I think it's, that's been one of the things. I think as far as the show, continuous improvement, trying to get to the point a little bit quicker, trying not yeah. to ramble as much, but right, right. rambling's part of our charms, too, right? So, but yeah. And it, it this very much is a laid back drinking show. So right. if there's there's something I'm doing that makes everybody want to take a shot, you know, let's let's create a game out of it. Right. Kind of <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So I think we've reached final thoughts. Um, Paul, do you have any any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Just uh I think I think you summed it up pretty good. We just as artists and creatives, we should be be trying to to uh, get a little bit better. Um, with everything that we do and I think that's the biggest thing and, and try to let technology and your tools get out of your get out of your way yeah. you know and I think once you're past that don't be afraid to try something different don't be afraid to fail don't very be afraid good. to put yourself out there very good uh, as usual I prepared my statement <laughs> uh, continuous improvement is key to reaching our goals and realizing the true potential each of us have for what we do 
using our knowledge as a foundation and learning how to continuously improve by being aware of what we want to improve upon, we can achieve more than we ever thought possible. So use that as a, as a guidepost, basically, to set yourself up and say, I can do more. I want to do more. Mm-hmm. I want to get better. And that's kind of the, the push of this show. It's not to say that you are crap and you're not doing very good. It's to say that you need to look back at what you're doing and reach your full potential. Because you, all of us, you, we have we have something to share. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Share this episode. Subscribe if you are not already. I'd love for you to leave us a review. I'm thankful all of you listening shared your time with us. And I sincerely hope this episode got you thinking about your own creative journey. Paul, thanks for being here, buddy. Hey, thanks for having Cheers me. Cheers to you. It's a, always a good time. Oh, smooth. It is sweet. Until next time, may your drinks be tasty and your muse thirsty. Burns like when I eat. (laughs) A little bit of brevity. Trying to bring a little bit of uh, more value into it. I think we're doing good, but fuck what people think. I don't care. Well, I just, I'm just trying to get better. It's actually perfect for this show. So. All right, here we go. For the pursuit of mastery, however you want to look at it, as creatives, we all—I'll fix that. As creatives, we all know that simply learning the basics and doing not. God, I can't. Doing not. Why are you read. talking like Yoda? Dumba, 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 I love it. Right. I love it. <laughs> Doing not what you can do for your country. What can your country do for not you? I'm cutting all this out anyway. Why? Don't do that. I'm going to. As creatives, we all know that simply learning the basics. Oh, you were talking. I'm going to do it again. As creatives, we all know that simply learning the basics and doing. Learning the basics and doing. Why am I? That is just, I can't read that line. Why did I write it like that? This is what makes the show good. I I don't care what you say. We'll put these in the end. All right. As creatives. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah, take another drink. That's yeah, working for you. We're going to continuously improve this episode. All right. Try this. John, that's good whiskey. Yes.